Hello and welcome to Pastor Well. I'm Herschel York, Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also pastor of the Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfurt. Pastor Well is dedicated to helping servants of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry, especially pastors. And today we're going to answer a question I get asked a lot. Should a pastor give an invitation at the end of a sermon? Specifically, should he do it every Sunday? Now, I realize that this is somewhat controversial, and I, I want to talk through it. I want to talk about it, and let me begin by telling you, I believe in giving a gospel invitation just about every time I preach, certainly in any time that I have a strong suspicion that there are lost people present, I give a gospel invitation. I'm going to tell you how I do that. I know the objections. Let's, let, let, let's talk about uh, why people don't like it. First of all, we've all heard of or seen what I would call manipulative invitations. Well, if it's manipulation, it's really not an invitation. It's manipulation. And so let me just say, I am against any kind of trickery, any kind of just trying to get people to come forward just to come forward. You know, what I call the, if you love your mother invitation, you know, come forward. That's bogus. That's not a gospel invitation. That has nothing to do with eternity. That's not what we're talking about. And I really don't like it when I see it. I don't think it's honest. I think it's harmful ultimately to the gospel. People know when they're being manipulated. You know, and this whole thing about trying to get people to do one little thing, and well, if you did that, now we do this little thing, until finally you get them, okay, now if you raise your hand, and you know, would you take one step? Would you just step out in the aisle? Now would you come forward? That That's just not what you see in the New Testament. I don't think it's what we ought to do. Uh, but you know what we ought to do? We ought to invite people to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, that can take a lot of forms. There's no one way to do that. But I have a great biblical example of it. It's when Peter preached on Pentecost. And at the end of Peter's sermon, they ask a question. They said, what shall we do? And Peter had an answer for them. He didn't say, well, let's sing a hymn. And if you still feel like you need to do something on Tuesday afternoon, you contact me or send an email and we'll talk. He told them right then and there what they needed to do. And right then and there, they responded. They believed, they repented and believed and were baptized. So I believe that it's proper when we preach at the end of that sermon to tell people what, what's the proper response to this sermon. If you get what the text says, what will that look like in your life? Now, I, I like to always give what I call a long-term response. Here's how this text that was preached this morning should affect you moving forward from now on. And that will be applicable from the text. The application derives straight from the meaning of the scripture. And I'm going to show them what that would look like. But then I'm going to ask them to make a commitment, a decision right now to seal this in their hearts. That doesn't always mean some physical response. That's not like everybody has to come forward for everything. Uh, but I believe that when we, if we just make a decision in our hearts and minds, 
and we don't tell anybody, usually about 2 o'clock in the afternoon after a 12 o'clock uh, service ending, you know, that, that might have gone. I really do believe that there's something significant that happens when we speak it. The Bible talks about confessing with our mouth. If God is stirring someone to respond to the message, I like to give them several ways that they can respond. And we do this by, uh, I tell them, usually I walk through several means that they can, by which they can respond immediately at the end of that service. One is they can walk forward. I'm aware that as our culture has changed, this is less likely than it used to be. People who grew up in a church culture saw people responding during an invitation, and they were freer to do so. But I will tell you, pastoring in Kentucky, uh, there are people who've seen that. It's not that strange. And it's not the only way we tell people they can respond. But I always say at the end of our uh, of, at the end of a sermon, our pastors are standing up in the front, and anyone who wants to come and talk to them about what God is doing in their heart and in their life, that pastor will then take them into an adjacent room. If it's a woman, we have women that will go with them, or if it's a family, our, our pastor will do it. And we take them into an adjacent room where we find out what is troubling them. Is God convicting them of sin? Uh, are they wanting to unite with our church and membership? And what what do they think God is is leading them to do? And then we question them appropriately. We find out a little bit about their background and their, their spiritual background, whether or not they've placed their faith in Christ yet. We tell them exactly how to know that they have. We find out about their baptism, all of that based on their response if they come forward. But I also invite them if they prefer in each of the seats, there's a card. They can fill out that card, put a response on that. They can give it to any one of us after the service. They can put it in an offering box as they leave and give us contact information, and we'll follow up with them and call them during the week. Uh, and then they're free to email us or call us on their own during the week. So right there, I've given them four ways they can respond at the end of that service. They can come forward. Uh, they can give us a card and put it in the box. Come up to one of us personally, they can call or email. And yes, I do believe that God the Holy Spirit is at work, and that's why I don't feel like I have to manipulate them. But by the same token, I also feel like I need to give them a response, an opportunity to respond, or else I think you just frustrate them. Is it not true that God uses his word to shape and to mold us, to conform us to the image of our Savior. And sometimes that conforming feels uh, powerful. And even if there's an internal pressure and people need to respond, they need to talk to someone. If I'm telling them that they need to yield and surrender to what the Holy Spirit is doing, but then I give them no opportunity to speak it, to ask about it, I think I've just frustrated them. I'll also tell you that many times I've had people respond at the end of a service and the thing that they say, well, the Lord is speaking to my heart about such and such. And the thing they say in my mind has absolutely no relationship to the sermon. Now that used to bother me. I thought, well, how can that be? 
You know what? It dawned on me after many years of being bothered that God the Holy Spirit does a whole lot of stuff outside of my sermon. They could be listening to someone on the internet. God could be working in their life through uh, other people at work who are witnessing to them. There's a lot of things that could have happened to them during that week that they walk in the door that morning with a burden saying, today I'm going to respond. I have to be delivered of this weight of conscience. I have to put my trust in Christ. Maybe I'm preaching a sermon on fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but God's been working in their heart about something else. Why would I not give them an opportunity to speak to someone? Uh, again, it's one of many. There's no pressure. I'm not, I'm not saying this is the only way to do it, and, and I'm not assuming that if someone doesn't do it this way, they're not really saved or I'm not assuming that if they do come forward, they really are. We're, this is why we want to talk to them. But it is, it is one way of many. One other thing I'll, I'll tell you <clears throat> that we do at Buck Run that I really like and I encourage because I think it's very helpful is the primary purpose of the song we sing at the end of the sermon is not to invite people to trust Christ. The primary purpose of the music at the end of the sermon is to reflect on what was preached and to proclaim the glory of Christ in that text. And so it always has something to do with the text. It's usually uh, some uh, statement of the truth of the text in song. And uh, it's not, we don't sing the traditional invitation hymns. It's usually not just as I am or pass me not, O gentle Savior. It's something like come behold the wondrous mystery uh, or, or uh, you know, there's it's some song about praising Jesus for what he's done in the gospel. And 98% of it is our people just absolutely adoring Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's the best invitation you can give. Because when lost people see saved people rejoicing in the truth of the gospel, it's compelling. And so as we praise God for what he has spoken in this text in response to that sermon, and by the way, I, I stay up there and lead it. Uh, I've always believed the pastor is the de facto worship leader. We have a great worship leader, but the reality is if I dig a hole, he can't get out of it. And I have to be a leader. I have to be free to worship. And so I stay on that platform after I preach, and I'm singing that song with my people and to my people and I invite people, if God is, is dealing with them, you come as well. Our pastors are here to receive you. By your coming today, you're just saying, yes, I'm going God's way. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. We'll help you discover that. If God is leading you, you come in this way. There are these other ways you can respond. But as we reflect on the message and praise the Lord, you feel free to come if God leads you. And it's just an honest invitation. And that's what I would also say. Just be clear. What are you asking them to do? I'm not just asking them to step down here. And I never equate coming forward with coming to Jesus. You don't hear me say, come to Jesus. Uh, you hear me say, respond to what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, and our pastors will help you. And I'm inviting them to just say, yes, Lord, I'm surrendering. Whatever it is you're doing, I'm going to say yes to it. And we want to help them find out precisely what God is leading them to do whether it's to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, or maybe 
they need to re- they're saved, but they need to repent of sin. Maybe they need to get scriptural baptism. We'll walk through that with them, but this is one opportunity for them to do it. So when you combine that invitation to those people with the response of your regular people, your saved people, your people are praising the Lord at the message, I think it's a wonderful way to conclude the service. You see God at work in the lives and hearts of the saved as well as those that uh, he is saving or bringing back to himself. It's an incredible moment. And when you see that, I think uh, it excites you to pastor well.